Welcome to The Math of You, a podcast about formative media from when we were young. I'm Lucas Brown. It's another bonus episode week, so we're going back to March 4th, 2008, and you can enjoy this conversation with Artley Vasquez. Along the way, we discuss how hot cross buns are more than a song you play on the recorder, how there will never be a Real Housewives of Canarsie, and we pass on a very special message to Janice. We join this conversation already in progress. Some stupid chick in the checkout line was paying for beers with nickels and dimes and some old man club coupons and argued whenever they wouldn't take one. All I wanted to buy was some cigarettes, but I couldn't take it anymore, so I left. a hot cross bun, which I'm going to eat with terrible mouth noises in front of the microphone. Shame on you. It is an apple and cinnamon hot cross bun with like the exit icing on the top and it's real good. Oh, then that's okay. Thing is, I had never had hot cross buns. I didn't even know what it was apart from a thing that you learned on the recorder at school. Yeah. And you get here and it's just like this nice like yeasty doughy bun with like raisins and like dried fruit in it and like a cinnamon kind of thing. And then they put a little X of icing on top. But Australia goes nuts for them. Like, you get chocolate hot cross buns, you get... Oh, you get Hero yelling in the background. In this case, this is an apple and cinnamon hot cross bun, so it's got, like, bits of dried apple that, and, like, cinnamon swirl through the dough. It's real good. That actually sounds really amazing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, you little monster? He, You are not <laughs> sharing your hot cross bun. He's going to come over there and take it from you. Duh. Oh, my God. He gets he gets that way with, if you're holding him and try and drink a glass of water. Uh-huh. He will like reach over and drag it off you and like hold it to his mouth. He can't tip it because he's a baby, but he's like looking at it and then he'll just like drool into it. And it's like, here, I've given you my benediction. I mean, that's basically it. He's, he's basically just like, yes, this is mine. You do not deserve it. I'm going to take it from you and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> he's not getting apple and pear puree shoved in his face. And that's fine. Yeah, Kimiko turns into like this pureeing dynamo because she's got this little blender thing. And like for a whole Sunday, she'll just be like, I am steaming vegetables and like poaching fruit and stuff and just blending it. And she comes out and it's like the whole room is turned into a sweat box. <laughs> it sounds like when I'm cooking in my house. <laughs> I'm still eating this bun because it's delicious. So what have you been up to lately? I don't, just, I don't think we've talked much lately. What's up? No, uh, between, like I said, trying to find a house and trying to actually get a business up and running, you know, my mm. life has been a giant garbage fire and I do not care. <laughs> What's the business? What are you running? My husband and I officially hate our jobs. I mean, like, I... <laughs> fair. Fair and reasonable. It's fine. I don't, you know, hate it that much because all I do is sit down all day and unlock people's accounts because they forget <laughs> their passwords or change passwords or just direct people to say, yes, click that. It, you can install it. And <laughs> it's fine for us now. We're like, you know what? We're officially getting older. This is trash. What do we want to do with our lives? So we decided that we're going to start a comic book shop because why the hell not? Oh, that's awesome. Right? That's really cool. We actually have like all this stuff around the house. I'm literally looking like I literally have a room. Our second bedroom is literally just become like a museum for nothing but comic books and like mm-hmm. my pop figures and stuff like that. And I'm looking at this stuff. I'm like, hmm. We have spent a lot of money recently. 
why are we not making this money back? (laughs) 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 So we're just at the point where like, hopefully in the beginning, we can start it in the house, like in the apartment we're in now to kind of save up so we can use it towards buying a house. And then eventually, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get into a brick and mortar store somewhere in New Jersey we haven't decided yet because we don't even know where we want to live yet. <laughs> like, we need stuff that's convenient. No, this is great news. I mean, I reckon this is gonna. This is a great idea. I mean, that's just me being selfish. Like, I wish either me or one of my friends ran a shop like that that I would just be there all the time. But yeah, this is great. I'm at the point where I feel if I'm going to be spending all this money, you know, patronizing other comic book shops i'm like you know what why am i done doing this myself (laughs) between the two of us we have over 40 years of comic book plus knowledge you know cartoons animation and stuff like that i'm like why aren't we doing this again actually the bigger (laughs) question is why did we do this five years ago (laughs) money and time i suppose is the answer to that as is the answer to just about all questions you are absolutely right it was literally money time and this was literally something that we just decided on it's like hmm i'm getting old you're getting old we want something that we can actually, like, something we want to do ourselves. So, mm-hmm. why the hell not? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Although, I was saying the other day, just like talking about, you know, Brooklyn and Jersey and stuff. Yeah. Because I've been going on a sort of a jag of watching all the Anthony Bourdain No Reservation stuff. Oh, yes. Like, just like jumping around to like, oh, that place looks cool. Let's throw that on, you know, while we're feeding the baby or whatever. Right. And the last one he did was in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he went out to, like, Red Hook. Oh. And he, like... Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I heard Red Hook and I just started laughing and Kim was like, why? I'm like, that's where they feed the mobsters to the crabs. It is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. And uh, he got with the guy who played Omar on The Wire and he took him to his neighborhood and he was walking around and he was just getting hugged by everyone because mm-hmm. it was just like, oh yeah, I remember you. You know, you grew up next door. I was always hanging around your back door and you were feeding me mm-hmm. and I was always hungry and you made the best this and you made the best that and you always had this in your fridge. I was watching it and Kim was like, Oh, there's all this in New York. I'm like, yeah, I feel like I've interviewed half of New York now. <laughs> Between Vita, when they were in Alphabet City, mm-hmm. and, and Osvaldo, which, who was in... Shit, he's going to kill me. I've just blanked on where he was. He's Brooklyn. Yeah. Sort of north end of Brooklyn. And and all like, and then you, and then, and then Melissa, and all these people in New York. I think, with the exception of Minnesota, New York is the most well-represented place yeah. on the map of you. I've noticed that, like a lot, of, like every time I listen to the show, I'm like, oh, okay, I know where that is. Like, I, I, I hear somebody talking about a certain part, I'm like, oh yeah, I know where that is. Like, oh, you're part of it, you're from there, awesome, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I swear, it, I even I am sick of my anecdotes of that one trip to New York that I did, because <laughs> it's just like it's my only frame of reference. Well, it's funny because like a lot of people who come to New York or who were born and raised in certain parts of Brooklyn or in, or in any part of the five boroughs. You know, there's always that area of their neighborhood that they would never go to. And it's funny because, like like you said, there's all these shows that, you know, this where they show you, like, this part of Brooklyn. Or they show you that part of Brooklyn. But they don't show you the part of Brooklyn that no one dare tread. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> one day, I want to see a reality show go to Canarsie. It's never going to happen, <laughs> but I would like to see that happen. Like, even though, even the parts that they go to now that have been cleaned up and gentrified, <laughs> it's like, you know what? I remember when nobody wanted to go there. I remember who used to live there. I remember what used to be there. And Williamsburg is just a now, is like a black hole that I won't even tread. I won't go there. Ah, Crown Heights is where Bourdain started off. Oh, yeah, Crown. Okay, yeah. Then that's, I mean, 
there are some nice like restaurants in Crown Heights. Like I go there almost all the time with my mom because there's a uh, certain restaurants and stuff like that that she likes to go to or shops and stuff like that. Some of the older shops that she still likes to patronize and stuff like that. So that have survived the influx of people coming in and building up around it. <laughs> yeah, living off that 99 year lease. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the ones that have been declared historical landmarks. <laughs> <laughs> By having a neon sign that has not worked since 1932, but it's always kind of been there. Oh know? yeah, yeah, you have to <laughs> because it's, it's part of the culture, man. It's there for the culture. <laughs> As a slightly sadder example of that, here on Parramatta Road, mm-hmm. in toward, coming down towards where I live in Leichhardt, when you're coming away from the city, mm-hmm. there's a big thing in Australia, which was the milk bar, mm-hmm. which is kind of like your like corner kind of takeaway, like they would do like some hot food, like you get like a bacon and egg roll in the morning, or you get a milkshake or whatever, and it's like usually like three stools and a counter, but they would also sell like chocolate and candy and stuff. Okay. It was this classic thing, the corner milk bar. And they're a little hard to find now, of course, because those places are hard to sustain with big location and not making much money. But there's one place that just says milk bar outside. And now it's like half the windows are busted up and they've been replaced. The lights are never on. It's got, you know, chocolate bars from 20 years ago under the counter and stuff. And you go by and there's just like one old guy that's there. And the doors are always open, but nobody goes in because he doesn't really sell things anymore. And I did some research because I would buy this on the bus like every time I would come home. And occasionally I'd walk past and just kind of look in and he'd be there like reading a newspaper or something. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this deal is. It turns out this guy lost his brother in the war and him and his brother opened this milk bar and he promised that he would keep it open. Aww. Exactly. It's like one of those ones where it's like the area around it's been developed uh, many times over and it's a very valuable chunk of property on one of Sydney's busiest streets. And he's just kind of hung on to it and he's like he's not upgrading it he's not changing anything about it Mm -hmm. it's just he comes in every day and that's that that's right yeah they've done articles on him and uh apparently he's very nice to his neighbors if a little eccentric as you'd imagine fair but yeah it's just like this relic in the middle of this massive street and again i I imagine he's got one of those 99 year leases as well it's like you'll you'll get it literally when you pry it from his cold dead hands i truly appreciate that because see my whole thing is like when like so I have like kind of a grand scheme when it comes to me and my husband building up this shop and stuff like that. My end goal is to travel the world, going to different comic conventions to like find like rare and exotic collectibles, you know, from different conventions. I know that I want to do ones that actually happen in Japan. I know there's a few in Australia that I would really like to, you know, kind of venture to. I Mm -hmm. think it's like Oz Comic Con or something like that, or like really the bigger ones. Yeah, Oscavicon and Supernova are kind of the two big ones. Yeah, because those are the ones I really want to, like, try to go to. And I'm like, look, I figure if I'm going to be doing this, I want to have as much fun doing it as possible. You know, I'm getting older. I'm in my 30s. I'm like, you know, most people start this when they're younger and stuff like that. But again, time and opportunity just aren't there sometimes. So, (laughs) I mean, I've I've come to accept that. I'm fine with it. But now I'm at the point where, like, my best friend, Janice, she has her own travel agency. She's doing like really well with it. And I watch her work and I'm like, why didn't I think to do this before? And mind you, and I know she's gonna listen to this cause I'm gonna tell her about it. Janice, you were right. I should have did this years ago. <laughs> I'm letting her know this now because she's gonna rub it in my face if I don't say it. I should have done this years ago. You were right. You don't have to tell me, don't, don't be an echo just so I bought it, okay? <laughs> 
It has been recorded for posterity. Exactly. This is strictly for you. You were right. I should have done this years ago. I probably would have been, maybe not, I, I probably wouldn't have had a big story yet, but at least it would have been doing something that I know I'm good at and we would have been having fun doing it. This way, I can drag her with me to some of the conventions because she could probably give me discounts on flights. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should just turn this show into like the equivalent of love song dedications, but for podcasts. You totally should. <laughs> just be like, this one's going out to Janice. Janice, mm-hmm. Artley would like to tell you that you were right all along. <laughs> you t- and you like, just like fade up broken wings under me. Oh, God, the- <laughs> no. Please, God, no. <laughs> actually, I, actually I, w- I would listen to that show, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just coming up here on 105.3, The Cat. <laughs> Traffic and weather together on the fives and tens. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, that uh, smooth dedication is much easier to do on my voice than that sort of really annoying, like, morning zoo radio DJ. Oh, That's tough to maintain for a long time. It's traffic and weather together on the fives and tens here at Winnipeg for three, the cat. Tom Jigglestock's in the morning. It's one of the reasons why I stopped listening to the radio in the morning and listen to only, only podcasts. I'm like, you know what? I don't like what they play on the radio anymore, and the radio DJs hurt my ears. Who's got a new podcast out? <laughs> Let's go. You know what I think it is? I think it's that it's like they've always been a little bit annoying. Mm. And I think in order to maintain that level of attention through the now very crowded kind of things grabbing for your attention, everything has to be ratcheted up to the 11. Right. And so that's why it's like, it's not just that we use sound effects and funny voices. It now has to be, was it uh, Crazy Ira and the Douche? Yes. Parks and Rec? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And nobody wants that. Sometimes you just want to, you know, listen to people talk or, you know, talk about stuff that you like. And then you have the miscellaneous, like, air horn in the background that nobody asked for. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. At one point, a couple of years ago, I was back in Canada for my mom's wedding. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I was, like, waiting in the car when my mom, like, ran to the store to get something. And I listened to CBC Radio come on. And it was literally, like... A guy interviewing a lady who was talking about a photograph that had recently been released and just her very quietly talking about it and it was like if we were in the states it would be the most npr thing on the planet but instead it was the most cbc thing on the planet Mm. and i'm like i am listening to a man interview a woman about a photograph i have not seen and no one's seen (laughs) if you look in the background you'll see that there's a striking contrast between what's in focus and what's not and I think you'll find it's it's very moving. <laughs> and then you and then you fell asleep behind the wheels. Like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> it was one of those things where it's like I didn't even examine it because it was just like it was like sitting in a bathtub that's exactly body temperature. Yeah. Like you don't feel the level of the water. Right. It's exactly that. That's it's that in radio form. Nope. I'm out. <laughs> I would I would have just checked out. I was like, you know what? I'll come back to this. <laughs> <laughs> 